The Do's and Don'ts of Meditation and Trauma Written and narrated by Marianne Benson, author of Neuroeffective Meditation, a practical guide to lifelong brain development, emotional growth, and healing trauma. Although a traumatic event or life experience often leaves us with a painful or even devastating personal aftermath, it can also be a hidden gift, a doorway into deeper and wider levels of consciousness that are only now beginning to be explored by science. Some people who have survived severe and ongoing trauma report that in their darkest hours they found the deepest resource, an unshakable feeling of great meaning, a sense of spirit or of God. This feeling often stays with them as a sense of faith or gratitude or as a constant reminder of the preciousness of life. For this reason, trauma can sometimes be experienced as a gateway to spirit or to the discovery of an indestructible part of our being. Despite their differences, spiritual openings and traumatic responses seem to have a great deal in common at the level of brain function. At the deepest level of brain organization, the autonomic nervous system, trauma often activates the highest arousal levels and the deepest immobility at the same time. In formal spiritual training systems, the same spontaneous emergence of arousal and immobility in the organism instead heralds deep experiences of spiritual opening. Can meditation activate trauma? I remember the first time that I read Newberg and Dacrely's description of the paradoxical activation in spiritual experiences. I felt that proverbial light bulb go off in my head. Wait a minute, the authors are describing the same thing that happens in traumatic freeze states. The sympathetic flight or fight state is highly activated, and at the same time, the parasympathetic collapse freeze takes over. How can meditative states and trauma states do the same thing? The person in traumatic paradoxical activation is immobile and may even feel paralyzed, parasympathetic reaction, in an intolerable situation, while heart rhythm and blood pressure are at their highest level, sympathetic reaction. This means that it may be wise to approach the paradoxical activation of meditative states slowly, to let our ancient survival systems get used to the heightened intensity and learn that this experience is not life-threatening. In fact, it is often helpful to actively move out of states of heightened intensity, to stretch and move, and then settle again. This teaches the nervous system how the transition between more ordinary states of consciousness and paradoxical ones can be more easily managed. I place a strong emphasis on transitions. Without skill in transitioning, intense, neutral witnessing practices can land us in dissociated and depersonalized states and that is definitely not the purpose of meditation. 
with too quick or too intense an activation, the amygdala, governing fear and flight, may flash intense signals of danger and fear through our system. This is a central neural basis for the similarities between transpersonal states and traumatic experiences. Blasting into higher consciousness. Many people have described how trauma literally blasted them into a higher state of consciousness, and many meditators have experienced a higher state of consciousness dropping them into a trauma state or a dark night of the soul. If we tend to get caught up in traumatic experiences when meditating, we can shift to some conscious sympathetic activity. We can do prostrations, mindful walking or running, or active yoga forms. Or we can engage in washing floors, gardening, or just plain physical exercise. Physical activity at a level that energizes us, not one that drains us, will tend to regulate the nervous system. After 20 to 30 minutes, reasonably vigorous physical activity will also increase our production of endorphins, the body's own morphine-like substance that can help extinguish or diminish traumatic activation. Regulating mood levels with music. As the explosion of streaming services on the internet can attest, Music can also be used to regulate mood levels. Music affects many levels of consciousness, but in this context, we're interested in the deepest and most primitive levels, because that is where a strong positive sympathetic arousal must be activated to balance the traumatic circuit. In researching powerful musical experiences, Researchers found that the body triggers endorphins that we experience as a comfortable rush of energy or streaming sensations. This is from Panksepp and Bernatsky in 2002. Not surprisingly, people reacted most strongly to their favorite music, while a group of chickens was most positively moved by Pink Floyd's The Final Cut. Yes, chickens we really are talking about primitive levels of consciousness. This article was written and narrated by Marianne Benson and excerpted from her book, Neuroeffective Meditation, A Practical Guide to Lifelong Brain Development, Emotional Growth, and Healing Trauma. We hope that you have enjoyed this article. For over 30 years, we at Inner Self have sought to encourage new attitudes and new possibilities. For more inspiration, visit us at InnerSelf.com. Thank you. Visit the Inner Self Market for new attitudes and new possibilities. You'll find inspiring books, wonderful music CDs, audiobooks, card decks, candles, jewelry, gifts, all kinds of wonderful things. Visit us at market.innerself.com.